Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Good morning, good morning. It is a fabulous, fabulous day here in Central Florida so far. It's beautiful, it's beautiful. I went outside a little bit ago, it's like under 80 degrees and the humidity is pretty low and uh, I'm getting audio, so that's awesome. Um, I was just checking because a couple times ago I didn't get audio, but I got audio and um, so I know you can hear me, awesome. Uh, Thank you for coming to the program and spending some time with us this morning. Um, th- this morning's subject is going to be a little touchy, really. Uh, I spent 15 years in, in the education um, system here where I live, and I have a lot of friends. I might not after this morning. I have a lot of friends who are teachers or involved in you know what in the education system, whether it's supervisors or or whatever. So principals, you know, assistant principals, supervisors. Um, at at all different levels, you know, acquaintances that are on the school board or have been on the school board. Um, so people who are dipped in the sauce of public education, I'll say it that way. So we're going to talk about some things. We're not going to there's some touchy. I'm going to, today is going to be some touchy talk about teachers, education, and money, um, because there is a um, a petition rolling around the internet that's aimed at Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida from teachers. And teacher advocates demanding higher teacher pay. This seems to be the um, the, the constant drumbeat of, of people in education right now. Um, higher pay, and, and hell, I know everybody everybody wants to get paid more. You know, I'm not blind to that. Everybody thinks they they uh, need to get paid more. Everybody does, uh, no matter what you're doing. I don't. I haven't met anybody who says, you know what, for what I do. I'm making the perfect salary, or for or for what I for what I do, I am flipping, killing it. <laughs> you know, you, you just don't hear, you just don't hear that. Um, so everybody thinks that they are um, that they should earn a little bit more money. So we're going to go ahead and have we're going to go ahead and have that conversation. Uh, when, when we're going to try to hit about five different points. First of all, where does money come from? Um, how is it spent? Um, did the salary surprise you? Uh, are districts being dishonest with salaries or readjusting for current realities? And um, truly, we're going to talk about there are a bunch of moving pieces. Uh, and we're going to talk about them in a way that hopefully won't. I mean, it, it, is, not my, um, it is not my intention this morning to piss off a whole bunch of people. That's really not it. Um, it but I think if these discussions don't get had and they're not open, we get led and driven by the emotion of the situation, and we don't really 
uh, move forward because we haven't moved forward. And how, how do I know I was right? How, how do I know I'm, I'm right here? Because we're still talking about it. <laughs> we're still friggin' talking about it. And we, are, we will continue to talk about it as long as emotion becomes the driving factor of all these conversations, not the reality of it. And what we're really looking at, we're looking at education in the 21st century as opposed to education in the 20th century or the 19th century. Things are different than 1982. Things are different than 1955. Things are different than 1941 or 1921 or 1896. Things are different. And there's a lot of difference. So we're going to talk about that when we get back. Thank you again for joining us this morning. My name is Willie Lawson, and welcome to the program. We'll be back right after these messages. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth. Business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into. But believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles. And multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at BuyItRentItProfit.com. BuyItRentItProfit.com. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 20 Four, seven. When you see stories that you want to save or share, just tap the plus button and add them to your private or public collections. It's that simple. It's used by millions of people every day. Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. So get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to the program. My name is Willie Lawson. It is a bright and early, lovely 10 o'clock morning here in the Tampa Bay area. Thank you ever so much for spending some time. Again, we're going to talk about, have some touchy talk about education. Um, I um, <laughs> I do. Ex- I did exactly what they tell you not to do. They tell you not to wake the social media. Do not let that be the thing that you that you take in to your spirit before your feet hit the floor. Do not. Because it'll shoot a really good day right in the flipping head. Almost every time. Unless it's funny cat videos or beautiful children 
or something like that that you've already curated for yourself, if you just take in the garbage at the beginning of the day, it's a bad way. It puts a bad taste in your mouth. And today, I think I did that, and I am repenting, and I will do my best not to do that again. But any, but this is what, but it brings up really good talk show topics. Um, so, I was cruising down my my Facebook page. Actually, frankly, I was looking for some um, some gold knolls and gold bucks uh, because we had a really good football weekend here in the house. You know what? The the three teams that my family. Hmm. Oh, okay, we're back. Thank you ever so much. Um, so in any case, um, I did exactly what they tell you not to friggin' do. I um, woke up and started taking in social media before my feet hit the floor. Please don't do that. It's like it's like eating a crap sandwich before you get out of bed. No matter how beautiful the day is, if the first taste in your mouth is doo-doo, <laughs> it's going to taint the quality of the day. And that's what like, and, and unless it's especially curated for you, it's like, um, that's what taking in social media at the beginning of the day is like. It's like eating doo-doo. First thing in the morning, it's like having morning breath and then eating doo-doo. So don't do it. And I did it this morning and I repent of it and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best not to do that again. Um, but sometimes you get really good talk show topics. Um, so I'm cruising Facebook this morning looking for Actually, I was looking for attaboys um, for um, my football weekend. Our football weekend in my house was great. The three teams that we follow and care about most all won this weekend. On Friday, the Armwood Hawks won their game against the uh, Wesley Chapel Braves, I think they're called, 48-3. And then on Saturday, it was the Florida State University Seminoles uh, winning their game um, over the North Carolina State Wolfpack, 31-13. Interesting, that's the same score that we got beat by Florida last week. Um, it's funny. And then, um, let's see, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, scored 55 points in a franchise record win over the NFC champions uh, LA Rams. So, super good. I mean, it was a fabulous trifecta. And, and I'm looking for stuff to comment on there, really. And I come across this um, I come across this post from a, from a, actually a, a good friend of mine that says help her in what she was doing. She had a petition and that was on change.org. I'm, I'm not a fan of petitions and especially I'm not a fan of petitions on change.org. I'm not a fan of positions on, on positions on change.org. I'm not, I never have been. Um, but anyway, so because she's a friend of mine, close friend of mine, I've known her for years. I've known her for more, 40 years. Well, for 35, almost 40 years. Anyway, so I, I, I tap it, and it takes me to this petition that um, is actually put out by a, a person that I really don't have a whole bunch of respect for, but is a um, he is a stalwart in our local school district. As a teacher, he's, he, he's not only a teacher, but he's a teacher advocate. And maybe it isn't that I don't like I'm, – I'm, I don't like his ways. Maybe it's not his message. But his methodology, I don't like. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, he's, he's, he's always been kind of annoying to me, but that's just me personally. So I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get into personalities. So in any case, um, and it was about salaries, primarily about salaries, and what. And I'd heard and I'd read some of the petition, and um, I'd heard him say these things before about uh, what 
should be done. And, and, you know, what in this, and this petition is directed towards governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Uh, so first of all, the methodology is screwed up because the, a national survey that anybody basically can sign um, doesn't get anybody to move because just because you sign it doesn't necessarily mean that you have any, that you're a stakeholder in this. So why should anybody care that there are 72,000 signatures, um, but on this change.org, but the, you, you see what I'm saying? Unless it's a national thing, Mm-mm. but in any case, so I thought, I thought to myself, oh, here we go. Here we go again. It's the same conversation we always have. Caller, I see you out there uh, from the 818. Give me, a, give me a minute to get started, and I see you. I see you. And, it's, and, and, and if you want to talk to me, press the number one key on your phone, and um, we'll try to get you in and out as quickly as possible. I know it's the beginning of a beautiful day. But in any case, so I, um, I thought, why are teachers still going around and around with this? And why are and my first and my first question in my brain was why are they petitioning the governor? Now here's how, generally speaking, how education funding happens in the state of Florida. There are 67 counties, and each county is responsible for their school district. Now I know it's done super different all around the country, which is part of the beauty of it. Um, and I don't want it to be done, and I really don't want it to be done any differently. Um, so. Each county is a school district, like Hillsborough County is a school district, so is Duval, um, Orange, Pasco, Leon, Bay County. And and in those count and in those counties there are because Florida is Florida is a lot is, is everything but monolithic in its demographics, in its tax base, in its politics, it's everything but monolithic. Is it it's extremely diverse. I think people around the country don't realize how diverse Florida really is, um, depending on when you, I mean, where you land in Florida. Um, it's a whole other world in Northwest Florida in the Panhandle than it is in Southeast Florida in, in the Miami, um, Fort, Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale area. Completely different. Um, and I think people have, have to think that have the thing that Florida is all the same. It, <laughs> it is so not all the same. Um, that's why I say, we say all the time, it's, it's, it's truly a purple state. It's the most purple state in the union, really. But in any case, um, education is handled by the education school boards are handled by the individual counties. And there are 67 of them in the state of Florida that are spread all over the state. Some in more urban areas or more metropolitan areas like Miami or Orlando or even Tampa, St. Pete. Um, Tampa, St. Pete are different, really. Tampa is Hillsborough County. St. Pete is Pinellas County. Um, but there are they are more uh, not urban necessarily, but more metropolitan. And then there are counties like Bay County in the in the Panhandle, small um, agricultural county for the most part. Um, and there are in, in, in interstate counties like Alachua um, and that are more uh, I'm going to say agrarian, but they're more agricultural. Uh, so it's different. And those districts are primarily responsible for teacher salaries. So if you look for teacher salaries um, in Florida, uh, simply go into Google and say, what do, teachers, what do school teachers in Florida make? And you get, get some number from Google. That ain't it. You've got to do a little bit more research, be a little bit more specific. What do beginning teachers make in Hillsborough County, Florida? What do teachers make, beginning teachers make in Bay County, Florida? 
because they're all going to be different. And it's going to be, and some of them is going to be a huge disparity. I see you. I see a huge disparity. So this is where the money comes from. Let's take this caller. Um, I got lots to get to. So, so hit me with, hit me with your question. Either I'll answer it well or I'll screw it up and you'll be mad. But it's going to be one of the two. Let's see. 818, good, 818, good morning. How may I help you? Greetings in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Pastor Donjie, CEO. Good morning, Amen. sir. How are you feeling today? I am well. Thank you well, so much. Well, let me ask you this, man. How do you feel that the uh, the cloud has plagued us having ready access to information? And we're talking about teachers. And uh, faith comes by here, and I've been pastoring for over 12 years. But a lot of times when we get online, we don't have the human resource actually delivering the information. So whatever we read, we believe that it's law. So can you kind of talk about how the cloud has affected teachers and not giving them an opportunity to educate as opposed to people just get online and they just read whatever and take it for what it is? Well, yeah, um, that's, and that was actually something I was going to get to today because education, there are a lot of moving pieces. Education has changed a lot in the past. I'm not even going to say 20 years. It's changed a lot in the past five years uh, because the wealth of information that is available um, online primarily is, is, is much better than it was before. However, I still think that human beings play a part because not every, again, you know, Pastor, every, not everything you read online is, is going to be true. However, there are better and better sources of online information than there have ever been. And I think that this is changing how teachers need to teach and it's changing the landscape. And it's been my experience, unfortunately, that education, especially if it's been successful in any way, has been the last, especially when it comes to technology, to make the change. Because here's what you have. You have teachers who have been successful for 20 years. I've taught with them. And they said, I don't have any idea why we have to do this. You know, the way I've been doing it all along is has been just fine. But the needs of the students and the society have changed. The speed, the alacrity, the flexibility that's needed in, in, in what, what we're going to call an educated person in 2019 is so much different than it was even in 2009. Uh, everybody's got to be a lot more flexible, a lot faster than they were even 10 years ago. And traditional education really doesn't meet that standard right now. And so we have conflict because there are, there are continuous changes happening. And I think that unless you are able to prepare teachers who are coming out now for these kinds of changes, you're going to continue to have the same, you're going to go on the same mountain again and again, that, because the way, that we, the way that we teach now is not a methodology that is beneficial, my opinion. Of course, all this is my opinion. Um, to what <laughs> students, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, uh, what students, what I think students need now. Uh, because what we taught our kids forever, what we taught my kid, and we taught our kids forever was that you need to go to school, get a, get a good education, and find a good job. Well, that, that methodology and that thought pattern may not be the thought pattern that is most beneficial to human beings now. Because those same thing, those same the dynamics simply don't exist in the numbers that they used to. There is really more time. I mean, there's more uh, benefit or more more opportunities for entrepreneurial sort of endeavors 
than you go work for XYZ Corporation, uh, work there for 30 years, get a good, 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 good pension, get your Social Security, and retire and play with your grandkids every day. That's really not how the future is lining up from what I see. Do you see, do, do you see any fault in that, Pastor, that that's not how future is lining up for our kids and definitely not for their kids? 100%. A lot of it is we miss, okay, right now what we're doing is how they used to do back in the days. We have an actual uh, bonfire town hall meeting. When I say bonfire, where people will sit around the campfire and cook and talk about what's going on with the world and reality and pass down the wisdom. But now we're so busy stuck in our phones, we don't say hi to each other. Back in the day, if you didn't do the nod, you got beat up. That was just the thing. You you had to nod at somebody. You know what I'm talking about. But now yeah. we walk right past people, and because we don't have open dialogue and healthy discussion, it's hard to figure out who's real and who's not real. And then when we hit Google, just because we see 5,000 results, we feel like that's a real situation, and most mm-hmm. of the time it's not what it really seems. And um, if, if you're waiting for a sign, this is the one. We're making history right now because we're putting it out there on the cloud. If you watch that movie, uh, this movie came out. It was like back in 1997. Uh, it was called 12 Monkeys with Bruce Willis, uh, Brad Pitt. And it was a great, great movie. But and when they, they was going, they was dealing with time travel. And when they went uh, further back in time, they had to leave voicemails. And they got bits and pieces of the voicemails to communicate. Well, that's the same thing was going on now. We're digesting information at 280 characters every 15 seconds. So as I've been talking to you, I've been getting text messages. I've been getting LinkedIn, Facebook messages. And all this stuff distracts us from what's really going on. You know, uh, the president that's there, Mr. 45, he's hating on Little Wayne on his right hand, and on his in his left hand, he signed the bill to build a wall that we don't really need. You, you get it? it? It's just there's a lot of stuff that's going on here, and we're missing it because we're not tapping into programs like this. And we're not calling. And if you're in a chat room or in a chat line, you need to get recorded. You can't be rewarded in the Book of Life. The calling number is 646-787-1741. It's important for you to not just listen to these shows, but let your voice be heard and get recorded. Because once you get recorded, it can you can be rewarded in the Book of Life. And that, that, that's what I feel personally. Well, I appreciate that, Pastor. Speaking of that, let me go ahead and grab another call. I, pre- I appreciate your calling. I, 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 I really do. We got a we got a call from the three one four on education. Hang on just a second, and I'm I'm getting right to you. I see that you called twice. Let me see if I can operate this thing. Three one four, you there? Not 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 on that one. He had to hang up and call again. Hang on a second. Uh, yeah, you got me that time. Oh, I got you that time. Awesome. Again, thanks thanks ever so much for calling back in. We were going to uh, talking about some touchy talk on on about teachers education. And um, and money, because this this seems to be an ongoing conversation, uh, and we're really not. And we're really not. I don't think. I don't think personally. We're we're really not having that conversation um, in ways that are beneficial to um, to what we really uh, things that we really need to be talking about. Well, here's the thing. You may it's different the allocation that's used in a school district per state. And like you say, I'm happy it's that way. Yes. But also, let me talk about St. Louis, a place I know very well. In Missouri, they have 
school districts just like any place else. They have school districts that may be 99% black because of de facto segregation. It's not that people are made to go to these it's places. It's just where they live. Right, or where they choose to live. And it's the same thing. But here's the point. Uh, they have a formula that's designed to make up the difference when you are talking about property value as it applies to how much that property value is taxed and those taxes go to the education of the school and also there's some additional funding from the local in Missouri you have some of these school districts that's like 90% black that have more money per child than the just opposite with white school districts especially in your rural areas and I often like to talk about that in Kansas City, Missouri, during the DSEG actions that was going there as far as busing is concerned, and the judge that was over that, Judge Russell Clark, and you can Google this, the activist was asked, how much money do we need to have in order to change this academic performance around? The activist for a school district that had about 33,000 students, said we need a billion dollars. Okay. The judge said, I'll give you two billion. So that after all that, there still wasn't no appreciable change in, in, in what was going on. You had some schools, bodies, buildings, that was doing excellent. You know, one school building was in the top six in the state of Missouri. Now, you know, here's another thing in Missouri, too, especially since it had became Republican. They have given the authority for whatever goes on in the school district, they leave it up to the people, which I think is a damn good thing. And I'm going to read something here to you real quick. This is Missouri State Statutes. Chapter 160, it says, Curriculum, textbooks, and other instruction materials not to be mandated by state board or department. Exceptions appended to Common Core standards not to be required. It getting into detail, it says, Notwithstanding the provisions of Section 160.514, the State Board of Education and Department of Elementary and Secondary Education shall not be authorized to mandate and are expressly prohibited from mandating the curriculum, textbook, or other instruction material to be used in a public schools. Each local school board should be responsible for the approval and adoption of curriculum used by the school district. It goes on to say the State Board of Education and Department of Elementary and Secondary Education shall not require districts to use any appendix to the Common Core State Standards. Otherwise, what they're saying when the federal government say that you need to do this, that you don't have to pay no attention to that. Now, this is, I like this. What does this do, Willie? It puts the responsibility back into the hand of one, the parents, to the stakeholders in that area. And that's where it should be. We have two school districts I can name you, Ledoux and Clayton. They receive maybe a one percent because of Title One of this revenue from the federal government and they receive hardly nothing 
from the state. It's all funded locally. And they have some outstanding school districts. Outstanding things are going on. So that's where I think it should be. And you know, to the other person, uh, you're not trying to be attacking. Yes, we do need a wall. And I really yeah. like Donald Trump, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. In his first oh. report to no. Congress, he made mention that about school choice. Yeah, I'm and a fan. Said, I'm a fan of school choice, and the, pre- and the president is a fan of school choice. But what I don't yeah, want to get into today is I don't want to get into a back and forth about saying. Donald Trump. Yeah, I understand because what you're saying. The the best thing and the worst thing about 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 President Trump is that everything has become about President Trump. And when the fact yeah. of the matter is, everything is not about uh, you know about Donald Trump. We were dealing with educational educational disparities and teacher salaries and all that stuff before Donald Trump. And unfortunately, we'll be dealing with president with, with the very same things after Donald Trump is out of office, whenever that is. So, and, and, and we were dealing with it during Bill Clinton's administration and George Bush's um, senior and, 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 and W and this, this whole idea. And, and this is what I'm going to try to get to today. This whole idea that this top down education system um, is what's been detrimental. And you hit upon that. The idea is when the um, the, the the people um, who are passing this petition around in my state are, are looking for the state to be fun, I mean to fund them, they're the very same people. And I'm going to have to take a break because I'm, I'm coming up on a break in about a minute and a half. That I promise I keep these people. I would do. The idea is that they um, they're looking to the same the very same people that they're mad about about unfunded mandates. They hate the state when it comes to legislators saying. You ought to do this in your school district. You have to do that in your school district. But there isn't any money or any resources from those very same people. So now they're looking to the very same entities that they have been screaming at and hating and wanted to be out of their classrooms for their sustenance. It seems insane and contradictory. Um, and so this is, this is part of what we're talking about when we talk about where's, where's the money come from. The money comes from primarily in the state of Florida, just like it does where you're talking about. It comes from primarily property taxes, local and local initiatives state. I mean, there are some counties that have um, sales tax initiatives that do that, that, that fund. Yeah, the absolutely right. Um, they have those kind of things. And, and, and again, they're all, they're all different in all 67 counties in Florida. And I think that if, if, if teachers are, upset about the amount of salary they're getting because this is this is a discussion about salary uh we haven't even gotten to the quality of education because we fight on improving the quality of education tooth and toenail for all sorts of reasons listen like i said i promise i i would play these guys spot give me just a minute we'll be back right after these messages are you looking for a reliable transportation but you don't have a bunch of money are you wary of used car types and you should be You just need a car you can afford and a dealer you can trust. Great news. Good Guy Cars is here. John Desbrow is something you don't find every day. An honest used car dealer. Good Guy Cars is at 8412 Industrial Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813-999-9992. That's 813-999-9992. 9992. Web address is www.goodguycars.com. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth 
business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at buyitrentitprofit.com. Buyitrentitprofit.com. Yeah, I can't hear you, Willie. Okay, are we back? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, um, this this switchboard has been incredibly um, frustrating this morning. In any case, uh, we're back, and we we've already talked about. See, see, what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, you were talking about teacher salary. Yeah. Did yeah. you know that the teacher salary in the Philadelphia school district, <clears throat> the average teacher salary is about it's either sixty nine I think it's sixty nine, maybe seventy nine thousand, with another eighteen thousand dollars a year in benefits. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I, yeah, I can hear you. The um this the, the my switchboard is completely jacked up. But anyway, um yeah, and you know, and, and, and it's because of how things are done locally. And that seems, you know what, that money seems like a lot of money. And it seems like an okay salary. And especially if you look at the uh, the average salaries of people, uh, you know, who live in that area, it's got to fit in there. But like I said, in the open, I haven't met one person who says, you know what, for what I do, I'm killing it. I'm making more money than I've ever thought I'd make in my life. Nobody ever says that. And I, and I understand that. I get it. Everybody wants more. Everybody wants to do more with their lives and their families and their, yeah, for their kids. And I understand all that. Everybody's got financial pressures on them. So we've talked about where the money comes from. And you all know where the money comes from. Um, now, how it's spent, a lot of it in the districts are spent from the district standpoint. Now, there are unfunded mandates that come from the state that suck up some of that money. Yes, that is true. So the people that you need to, I've I've told teachers this to their faces, and boy, they get pissed off when I tell them this, I'm telling you, um, is that the, the, I mean, the deal is, and my switchboard is still screwed up, 
Blog Talk Radio. We are on the end of our, our, our relationship here. Um, there you go. Uh, are you still there? Yeah, I think you've muted me. Uh, I, did, I didn't mean to. Um, no, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. But um, the idea is that we're talking about it is um, the teachers get crazy when I tell them this. The people that you need to go down and petition are right in your county seat. Not a change.org petition, petition to the governor or, or travel to Tallahassee in bus caravans to, a, to, um, to present your emotional case of your destitute nature um, and how many crayons you, you buy for your kids. And I don't really mean to make light of that, but this is what these things turn into um, on your salary. And that, uh, that 10 years ago, the governor asked the um, teachers to, add, to put in 3% of their salary to their retirement, which doesn't really do anything except maintain the, um, maintain the pension pool. And a lot of people pay, pay in a lot more. Forget all of that. You are petitioning the wrong people at the state level. You need well, to show up. Teachers need to show up in mass at their local school boards and get involved at that level because that's where most of the, mo- the, 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 the money decisions on how money is spent, that's where they're made. And school board members will lie directly to your face and say, well, we don't have the money because we didn't get the money from the state this year. I've seen it happen. Well, I've watched it. They said it to me personally, and I go, well, that's not where it should come primarily anyway, especially the salary part. Well, Willie, let me say this. I've listened to all these discussions and these arguments for a long time. I've been dealing with in and out education as it applies to African-American children since the 70s. But and when I was a kid, we took, I took my own crayons to school, my own glue, my own scissors. That was something that my, we bought and we had when we went to school. But here's the thing. This is not going to get better. You have all these issues. You got the school uh, teachers unions that control your politics, threaten your politics. And you got parents, for some reason or not, don't know their civic responsibility, don't know the law, don't know what they can do. I think that the only solution now is choice. If parents want to remain in that present situation, traditional situation as it is, then it's perfectly fine. But for those who don't want to, and apparently they know something that everyone else don't, then they should be allowed to take their their daily allocation, allocation of their child for the year and go enroll someplace else or something different. No, I, no. Like I said, I'm not fighting you on school choice. I'm a big proponent of school choice. I think that school choice is the answer for most urban areas. Um, I think you know what. And, and, and again, we have we still have to be diligent. Just because your school choice or, tra- or charter schools doesn't mean that everybody's going to do a good job. Um, that that means that the person who's most most responsible for their child's education are their parents. Period. I'm responsible for my kids' education. Ultimately, now I I, I have to partner with whatever educational system I happen to, to put them in, whether it's private, parochial, charter, 
or, or whatever, I've got to still participate. I still have a, you know, I'm not going to, I don't send my kid away to these schools like you send your dry cleaning away and hope, hopefully they come back all nice and clean and well pressed. Um, I'm still entirely responsible for my kid's education. And I think that that's a huge missing piece when we're, when we're talking about just education, for sure. Parent involvement. Yeah, absolutely right. That's it. Because we, we have this, I think we have this mentality that we send our kids away to these schools and they're supposed to come back perfect. They're supposed to come back um, kind and caring and they're supposed to come back well-educated. They're supposed to come back um, knowing about everything, everything that, there's, that they'll need in life and they're not, not, not even close. And we don't even ask about their school day. We don't even ask about what they're learning. We don't even ask, we don't even test them in any way. We don't even no, have that don't. question. We don't even have that question like, did you know um, th- that the actually filament for the light bulb that Alva Edison put together, that filament was actually designed by a black man? Really? And we don't even have those kind of conversations. And, and, and I'm, not talking about the, I'm not talking about any deep conversation. I'm not talking about sitting. We don't sit down with our kids and do homework. We don't sit down. We don't, we don't participate in education because that's what we have teachers for, right? And that's kind of the mentality. And that's where education, I think, fails our kids from the parental standpoint. But we're not talking about that today. We could talk about that forever because that's what I faced a lot of when I was working in the system here, um, the lack of parental participation on, uh, on a deeper level because they were – it was e- and, and, it's, and it's our culture. It's easy to blame somebody else for your own failures. It's just super easy. And because people are so – okay with it and institutions well, go, you, well, you, this is our lives. you need to say that again it is in black culture you do not see the type of responsibility that comes out of the black society toward the education of their children it should be much more general than it is exceptional and it's not well, there I, I don't think it's necessarily black I think it has more to do with money because I've worked in poor white areas too, and they're exactly the same. They're well, exactly I understand the same. that, but here's the here's the thing: whites. See, I, I don't. If we're gonna, if we, if if most of your your conversation is about what has happened to black, like sixteen, nineteen, and everything else, and what blacks are not allowed to do in these mysterious days, then that should be who you work the solution for. But when you pose somebody with an issue, a point, then they resort to say, well, the Asians do it too. It's, well, no, we're talking about this particular group. It's one thing in this country that's allowed is that any person or a particular group of person can go as far as they are, want, desire to. Now, there's going to be some obstacle, or they don't have to go as far as they want to. So there's things that you can do for this particular group that I'm talking about they can do that they can do to change these outcomes around. These outcomes have to be changed. They should be changed because the representation of members of this group is nowhere near proportionate to their population in areas of major need when it comes down to employment and it comes down to professionalism. And it's not happening. Yeah, again, that's that, that's a very gen, I mean that's a general education, especially education in the urban community um, concern for sure. But today we're trying to focus on teachers and money. Um, we talked about how the money is spent and who they need to really contact, and this and, and this sort of 
shotgun approach to a, a petition on change.org that was actually put on there by a guy who teaches in the school district I, I'm in um, is kind of silly, really, because those things don't really work. Um, because you just never know who's going to sign up on these positions. There's education advocates, people who hate Republicans, blah, 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 blah people who hate Florida, um, all sign up for this stuff. You know, we, they've heard that the teacher salary in Florida is low and the education system in Florida is low and blah, blah, blah. So they sign these petitions. So it doesn't have really a lot of impact. So the idea is that if you want that if teachers, I'm talking to teachers primarily, teachers, if you want a change in your salary or your work, working conditions, and I know in certain, certain schools working, because I've worked in these schools personally, working conditions are kind of tough every day. It's hard. To, sometimes it's hard to go there every morning. I understand. You know, I worked at schools where if some crap went down on the weekend, near the school, it was going to be hell Monday. And you knew it. If there was a shooting or a something that went down in the neighborhood, a gang fight, something that went down, you know that Monday when you got to that middle school, it was going to be hell. And you knew it. And it, and, and you know what? I mean, and, and God bless them, they never disappointed. They never disappointed. Well, you know what you, what, you, what you're describing? You got two things going on here. You got one teacher's salary. Then you have another, which seems like because the results are not there, a big babysitting institution. Well, yeah. That's what I mean, it is. Well, you know that that's that's what that's what it's turned that's what it turned turned into. And teachers don't want that because babysitters get paid more more an hour than most teachers do, and I get that. But you know what? We have again. That's why the last point that I've been trying to get to is that there are a lot of moving parts to this. That there aren't any simple, just do this and everything will be okay solutions. There's 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 no such thing. Um, there because there's so many moving parts. Um, we're talking about um, governmental entities. We're talking about about unions. We're talking about the teachers themselves and their lack of preparation. We have to talk about what what kids need, what students need in the 21st century, as opposed to the the 20th century, where a lot of our teachers, when a lot of our teachers were educated. Um, and what that dynamic is and what that, and that, that paradigm is and how that paradigm has changed and shifted. Um, the way that, that students take in information over the way they took in information um, 40 years ago when I was a student or even now, 10 years ago, when, when my son graduated from high school, I mean, the way that people, people in general and, and, and kids in particular take in information, all of those things have changed and will continue to change. Um, and again, with our teachers being, most of the teachers in the system being educated in the 20, in the 20th century, not the 21st century. You're absolutely we're right. Going to they have, can't teach. We're going, to, we're going to have that problem. Teachers need to teach. And you know what? And when I first started teaching, I, I, I taught in a place called the, um, the, uh, the learning resource classroom. And we taught in way, and we tried to teach, find how kids learn in these, in these special classrooms, how they learn best, and tried to we knew that we couldn't teach everything in the math class to their learning modality, but if we could do a lot of the extra stuff, a lot of the tutoring stuff in their modality, that they would, they would improve. And I found that to be true. I personally found that to be true. Now I've got anecdotal evidence at this point because I don't have any of the stuff in front of me, but anecdotally I found that that was true. If I could do the tutoring part in their, most of it in their modality, then they did better. They felt better about well, themselves. Well, how do you know what they they're try? able to do? 
how do you know what they're able to do when they never have been assessed on their ability? Well, we used to do that. We, we, we way back in the day, um, we when the kids came to the learning resource classroom. That's the I mean, we spent the first three weeks um, making assessments, so we knew what to work on. And when I went in, and when we when I left the learning resource classroom, and then kind of went out on my own and did some tutoring. Uh, you know, I did mostly tutoring my time in the system, one on one. That was the first thing I did. We try to find out where kids are at. That way we could address that. The, and they usually had a hole somewhere in their education um, that was four or five or six or seven years deep. And if you could fill that hole, then you could start building a foundation again. It, it, it's, it's a process. And there are people who, and there are people who are doing that. Um, and there are systems that are doing that. And, and again, and the learning resource classroom was something that, that, we, that I was in in 1985. So what that, grade was that? Uh, middle school, it was mostly 8th and ninth graders. All right. Now, you see what the problem is there? At the 8th and ninth grade in that institution, you're trying to re- trying to backtrack over things that those yep. students should have gotten Tell years about before. It. <laughs> you ain't telling me nothing that I, that, that I haven't experienced personally and upfront on a daily basis for the five years I was there. Of course. And, when I, and, and I tell you, when, when I started working with, with kids in high schools, 10th graders, in, ninth and 10th graders in, in, in particular, they were my first set of people that I dealt with when they, we were trying to get them ready for what we called then the Florida Comprehensive um, Achievement Test. That was the exit test they had to, they had to pass um, in order to get a regular diploma. I, all, we always, you always find that there was some hole in their education. But you know what? I think that that is, and we could go back and we could start blaming people, but the, the holes develop. And I, I'm going to tell you something that a lot of people don't know, especially around here. Most of the kids that failed the FCAT were sitting at that point, in mathematics anyway, they were sitting in a geometry honors class while I was, while I was working with them in order to pass the FCAT. They were sitting in a geometry honors class. Now, they weren't doing all that well. They weren't at the, they weren't at the front of the line in that class, but they were surviving but they weren't surviving on the test for all sorts of other reasons. And that was kind of my job to find out. So there are entities and there are teachers who are, that's part of the deal though. See, I'm, and, and I think that teachers and, and, should get that. The part of the deal is that you always have to find the kids that are falling through the cracks. Well, and, you know, and sometimes uh, that happens. States put forth what's called state minimum standards. That's what your FCAS is. Minimally, your children should be able to do this. But here's another point. That is skip rope. If you start in September, you should be able to master minimum standards by at least November. Then you're on to further yourself to the next and next and next level. You would think so, but I'm but, but I'm gonna you know what and I, I I'm not, not saying a... what you was doing, but I'm saying and when if the system was working the way it should be, then that would be the outcome. But you know I I'm gonna. I, I've seen this for too long. You know, you put we put more emphasis in a football combine and also in a basketball camp than you do in the education. In the football combine, you check the you test the uh, the player and see what their abilities are, and then you take the best ones of all those that was tested. Same thing in basketball. You don't do that in 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 uh, academics. You don't have 
you don't, you know, a third grade child, there's means to look at their inner ability. You already know what's needed on the far end because industry has set set that standard and it's moving all the time. So you know what that is. <laughs> you look at that young child and you look at their inner ability, then you start directing them in what that ability will play out on the other end once it's been further developed and molded. But anyway, I'm going to let you get back to your program, man. And the idea is that that, that you could do, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on the teacher side for just a second. You can do that if you don't have 40 of them in your classroom. Well, I don't know. I've, well, I've seen, I've witnessed with my eyes, and I can name you the school, where you've got 12 with two teachers, eight in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even know you had 20, more than 20 nowadays. Oh, dude, dude. Surely not dude. more than 25. Yes. But yes. I've seen classrooms like said, in St. Louis at, at the Cleveland High School and others where you you may have 12. The the population in St. Louis Public School District is down to about 22, 23, 24,000 students. I remember okay. when it was 100,000. But anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. I appreciate Good it. Good luck to you. Thank you. The population of, 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 of the Hillsborough County School District right now has over 200,000 children in it. Over 200,000 kids. So, you know what, being able to, to, to monitor, and I'm, I'm going to be on, on the teacher side for a second because I'm going to get on the teacher side, and they're going to all be all, all loving and, 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 and just, just thinking I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread for just a second. Because um, I, I want everybody to understand, I understand how tough the gig is. I do. I understand how tough the gig is, and I don't want anybody to think that I don't, uh, and that I am sort of demeaning what they do and and how hard it is, because I know how hard it is. Because again, in my fifth point, the idea is that there are so many moving points, and we sort of hit on all those on some of those moving points. The idea of lack of parental involvement, um, the lack of support um, of the teacher from the parents, um, discipline situations, socioeconomic, you know what. Um, complications, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with being black or white. It has, it has, frankly, I've seen, has more to do with money than anything. Poor people view education in 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 on a very similar way, regardless of if they're black, white, Hispanic, um, Filipino. Poor people view education the very same way, or or very similarly. People who with means view education very similarly, whether they're black, white, Asian, Hispanic. And that's that it's really more it's really more about that. And I know that a lot of most of my programs here have a lot to do with race. This particular situation, I don't think it has much to do with has much to do with race. But in any case, what we're talking about is my next my my third point. I'm gonna get to these points because the show is gonna be six hours, I don't care. Um did the salary, I want to talk to the teachers again. I was, I was just on your side for a second. Now I'm going to hop off your side. Did the salary that you got, did it surprise you? Did it surprise you? Now, I don't know about other places in the country, but what I do know is that when I was at Florida State University as a student, um, I could even, I could find. Now, I might have had to go to the library 
get some newspaper clippings or get some books or whatever. And now I can just go to the internet and find out and go to the, the district's website. I can find out how much the gig pays. Now I'm going to te- I'm going to say it that way because I'm a, I'm a trained, I'm a trained musician. I'm a professional musician. And one of the first questions, not, 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 and not always the first question, but one of the first questions you ask when someone says, Hey, we got a gig. One of the first questions is, when is it? Right? That's the first question. When is it? Because first of all, you got to see if you can do it. And then the next question is, where is it? And the third question is, generally speaking, how much does it pay? How much does it pay? Because the third thing may, may negate the second or third thing. I mean, the first or second thing. How much does it pay? And then you, and then generally speaking, you agree to it or you don't agree to it. So when I'm talking about teachers, teachers are like, so I got this job for you. Great. Where is it? Um, where is it? <laughs> uh, it is at, you know, Dowdell Middle Dowdell Junior High School. Okay. When does it start? Starts in August. Okay. How much does it pay? Pays ten fifty an hour. No, that's okay. Thanks. Right? Now, did you know how much money that you would make before you took the gig? Now I'm gonna tell you, if you didn't know how much money that, that school district paid beginning teachers or teachers with a master's degree, or teachers with a doctor, a doctor degree. If you didn't know how much that district paid, and you were shocked on your first paycheck, I'm afraid as an adult, and especially as a degree adult, and especially as a, an adult with an advanced degree, that's on you. It's just on you. So you may have to leave. And you may really like it, but you have to leave. Now, let me go back to my point about accepting a music gig. So here's the deal. I find out when it is. I find out where it is. I find out what it pays. And I say, okay, here's what I can't do. I can't, I can't get to the gig and be halfway through it and know that and, and think, ah, dang, it's a long way from the house. I don't like this. I don't like this club. I don't like these people. I don't like the way the club manager talks to me. I don't like, you know, blah, 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 and get halfway to it and go, I want more money. Because you know what will happen then? They'll send you home. There isn't going to be any more money. And as an adult and as a professional, this is what you promised to do. This is what you said you would do. And here's the money that you agreed to. And if the, if, if the next group that comes after you gets paid more money, you know, that has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. This is what you agreed to. And so if you took the job at Dowdell Middle School in Claremel, and you agreed to the money, and you agreed to the conditions, and you signed the contract, it's on you. And as a professional, as an adult, then you are bound to do it until, until quite frankly, you don't want to do it. Then quit. Even if you like it, quit. And just say it doesn't pay enough money. 
I have a part-time job um, at a theme park. And it doesn't pay much money at all. But you know what? I knew how much money it paid. I knew where it was in the proximity of my home. It's super close, frankly. Um, So getting there is not a problem. Transportation is not a problem. The expense of transportation is not a problem. If I ever get as healthy as I need to get, I could probably walk. I don't want to right now, but if, if, if push if, if push came to shove me down on the ground and kick me around a little bit, I could probably walk. Right. So those aren't concerns, but I knew how much it paid an hour, which is nothing really, which is nothing, which is less than it's. Le- I'm telling you, it's less than half of my saxophone, flute, and clarinet teaching gig per hour. It's less than half. So it's nothing. It sort of fills a gap. It does. It kind of does what we need to do for now. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking, golly, because you know what it does? Every day I come home from that gig, my feet hurt, my knee hurts, the small of my back hurts, uh, my calves lock up because I'm standing all day or I'm standing for the entire shift I'm there. Um, and it just it just runs roughshod over my body, just runs roughshod over my body. So I'm having that conversation with myself: Is this worth it? And I'll tell you what: At some point, I'm going to decide if it's worth it or not. Right? I'm going to decide if it's worth it because it may not be. It, it, you know what? I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful for the opportunity, but it may not be at the place I'm at in my life now. It may not be worth it. And here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get a petition on change.org to ask for more money. I'm just going to find something else. But so the salary didn't surprise me. It did not surprise me. I knew what I was making. And I'm an adult. And I don't have a union. I don't have anybody advocating for me. I can because I don't need anybody advocating for me. I can advocate for myself. Thank you very much. I can advocate with my feet. And they can find somebody else where it fits their needs and they can agree to it. It's fine. It's fine. All right. The um the fourth thing. Are districts being dishonest with salaries or just readjusting for current realities? Now A lot of you may not know this, that every district that I've ever seen has a, you go in and you try to, and you find the salary and you see your beginning salary and they have these things called steps. You you might be familiar with them, steps. Uh, And steps are normally successfully completed years. And then you start at step one as a beginning teacher, and that you may st- you may stay on step one for two for a year or two years or three years, depending on how the district has it set up. And then you go to step two, and there is an an, an increase in salary. And sometimes in between certain steps, maybe that, let's say between nine nine and ten, there's an appreciable step, right? Maybe. 
Um, and so, so at least you go, okay, I started off pretty low, but, but look what I can look forward to. And then after every contract, and now this is where you can't, you, go, you can't go to the state and whine about this and bitch about this. You have to go to, first of all, your local people and your union people. If you are represented by uh, an organization or association or a union and go, wait a minute, when you negotiated the last contract, look what happened to the steps. I came in thinking that step nine would be X number, and now step nine is X minus 3,000 of this number. What the hell? And I know a lot of teachers have faced just that. And especially when, again, all these moving pieces, now maybe in some districts they're not paying as much for health care as they were, right? So step nine is minus three, you know, you expected to go to the step 10 and now it's minus $3,000 that you were, that you were expecting because you look at it last year and it was still there. Right. And now out of that, out of, out of that same lack of, of, of increase is an increase in paying for maybe healthcare or you got to pay towards your retirement or your pension. Now, is this the state's fault? Probably not. It's probably the district's fault. And it's probably the district and your union, right? Because I've seen districts, like I, like I was trying to tell a caller, is I've seen district people, school board people, just lie right to your face and say, you know what, we want to do this for our teachers, but it's the state that causes this problem. Now, why do people do that here in Hillsborough County? Well, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you why I think you do it in Hillsborough County. Like I told my first guest, um, is this is my opinion. And it's mostly because all this is my opinion, um, basically. Uh, but um, it, it, it's political. Everybody on the school board. Well, that's not true anymore. Um, almost everybody on, on the Hillsborough County school board is a Democrat. Um, the state has been run by Republicans for, golly, 15, 20 years almost. When I say run by, I say they have they have um, advantages in the House and the Senate, and they, and they have held on to the the governor's mansion for a while. So this this is what this ends up being. This ends up being, um, well, those nasty Republicans hate teachers. And school boards sort of some school boards sort of sell themselves out for the political conversation as opposed to taking on any responsibility. And it's certainly easier to blame somebody else and say that, uh, well, we we may have mismanaged money, uh, we may not have done all the things that we needed to do. Really, much easier to do that frankly, than to just say, I mean, it's easier to, to say that um, it's the state's fault. We're not getting as, as much money from the state. And the state has all these unfunded mandates. And I've talked about unfunded mandates today. And unfunded mandates are the devil. That the state would tell you to do something, require that a district do something that is not budget neutral. Uh, you know? That is, and that would take away from from monies that local districts have for um, for salaries. 
But there's so little distrust now when we're talking about this very specific thing. There's so little distrust. Even if there could be laws that say that, that say that the state could not issue any more unfunded mandates to the school districts. I think that that's the first step. The unions and the teachers don't trust the local school districts to do the right thing with the extra money. They don't. And would they, and even if there was something that they didn't have to do anymore, would they stop doing it? School districts are maternal. Once they take something on, they never let it go. Whatever it is, whether it's an after-school program, whether it's whether it's you know what um, a lunch or a breakfast program, whether it's a a transportation, thing, no matter what it is, once a, once a school district takes on something, they never let it go. When they don't have to do it. So would they, if you could end the fund, unfunded mandates today, would school districts reappropriate that money to school, I mean, to teacher salaries or air conditioning or, 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 or whatever else? There's a lot, isn't there? We need a little break. We'll be back with more of the program right after these messages. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth. Business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at buyitrentitprofit.com. Buyitrentitprofit.com. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. When you see stories that you want to save or share, just tap the plus button and add them to your private or public collections. It's that simple. It's used by millions of people every day. Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. So get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com.
right, we're back. We are back. Thank you ever so much um, for hanging into this this basketball game we got going on here today. We really appreciate you um, hanging in. Um, we finally got to the fifth point. Took a while. Got to the fifth point. Um, and, and the fifth point we've, we sort of covered all along. There's there's so many moving pieces to all of this. There's, there's of course the the the, prep, the the preparation piece, the teacher preparation piece, and the changing educational landscape piece, because it is a changing educational landscape. And the way that t- most teachers were educated um, to teach and the things they thought they'd, they'd be doing are not what they're doing at all. So we have we have upset because there is turbulence because there was an, expe- there's an expectation is not being met. Um, and anytime you have a relationship, no matter what that relationship is, whether it's a personal relationship or a business relationship, and, and it's truly a business relationship between teachers and districts, I'm sorry, that's what it is. Uh, it, 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 it's personal because people get their, heal- their feelings hurt, uh, but it's a business relationship. There was an expectation, and it wasn't met. Now, how did teachers get that expectation? I don't know. I mean, the anecdotal evidence is that teachers don't get paid much. What what did you think that meant? Oh, and when you looked it up, did you really take a sharp pencil to that before you decided to get your degree in education? Or did you just look at the emotional side that you wanted to help children and you just love kids? That's great. Love kids too. But did you know that you wouldn't be able to go on vacation every year? Did you know that you wouldn't be able to have a pool in your house, uh, you know, uh, you know, on your property? Did you know that you wouldn't be able, there was so much that you wouldn't be able to do that you wouldn't be able to drive a new car every two years? Did you know that in the summertime that you would probably not get paid in the summertime, especially if you started when I started? Um, did you know that there's a lot of things that you wouldn't be able to do? Did you take a sharp pen that you wouldn't be able to live the same sort of, quote, professional lifestyle that other people are living? Did you know? Did you take a sharp pencil to it and figure it out? You're a degreed person. I'm putting that. And I'm not going to take that off teachers. I'm putting that squarely on you. And it doesn't. And don't tell me what other people make. It doesn't matter what other people make. It doesn't matter what other professions make. It's not important. It's not, it's not important that the football player makes $40 billion a year. It's not important. They were able to do that, and they chose that. You could have chosen something else earlier on. You didn't have to choose elementary education. And I'm going to tell you that in a way that I'm not dogging you out because of it. I'm, I'm telling you that you, were, you could do a lot of other things. You didn't have to choose this, that you chose it. So there you go. And you should have learned more about it before you should have learned more about it before you chose it. Um, there's the parental involvement piece, especially in areas um, that are more urban or a lot of times more rural, uh, you know, as well. They have the very same problem and they had to say the very same problem not because of race, but because of um, money. That's the deal. Uh, 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 they have the same, the same situations because of economics. 
So is that it is indeed that parental involvement piece. And there is a political piece. The political piece is divided up with teachers unions and um, and school boards and state legislators, state legis- legislations um, all over the country. And yes, there are a lot of moving pieces. And then there's the teachers themselves who are rift in contradiction. And only because in, and it's been my experience in education is it's, a, it's like in a lot of places, especially that are led by people on the left, and I'm and I'm not blaming this in a, in a, in a political way. This is more of a, a social pressure uh, way that what you have to do is you have to agree with everybody else because what you're taught, if I can say it that way, is that we are stronger together. And so the last thing is last thing anybody wants is to have a disparate conversation about, I got an idea. How about if I'm not in a teacher's union and I go to the, and I go to the, the principal and negotiate my own salary? I negotiate my own situation. I mentioned that in a group that I'm in, and someone's going someone's gonna to mention this because what they're going to say is, he's using our group to, for information on his podcast. We should kick him out. Okay. I haven't been in, I haven't been in, I haven't seen anything in that group in months. Kick me out, whatever. I don't really give a crap, whatever. Um, however, so make sure you've heard that too, that you can kick me out of a Facebook group. Ooh. <laughs> Sebastian Gorka got um, got banned by um, Donna Brazil on Twitter. Got blocked by Donna Brazil, and his and his comment was great. Oh no. <laughs> so my comment will be something similar. Oh, oh no, I got blocked out of the 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 teacher group on Facebook. Oh no, and, and the only reason is because I didn't I didn't again I didn't have the same view as everybody else, and I expressed that I had a different way of thinking. I think that teachers ought to be able to negotiate their own salaries. I think they should be able to negotiate their own salaries. And I asked that question in the group. I asked um, if you could if you could negotiate your own salary, would you? Almost everybody said, "No, no, we're more powerful together than we are apart." And my gut is a lot of people in this Facebook group are union members, either union members or people who are shop stewards and that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Or they just learned that, or they just have been taught whether it's true or not that. You know what? We are more powerful in groups than we are individuals, and that's one. Of, and that's probably one of the biggest contradictions um, that teachers walk around with, in my opinion, is that we have this collective. We are part of the collective mentality on the outside. But I'm going to tell you, I've sat in enough teacher planning areas where that just wasn't the case when we're talking about individual teachers in individual schools. And if anybody is going to be honest, and you don't have to be out loud, just to be honest in your own spirit, you know that there are teachers you teach with or have taught with that weren't worth the powder it would take to blow them up in the classroom. And yet they're making exactly what you're making. Some of them more. They're not working nearly as hard. Their students aren't doing nearly as well. 
but again, they're making exactly what you're making or more. And y'all talk about them when they're not in the TPA. I know you do because I've heard you. Be honest. You, you don't have to be honest out loud. You don't have to call in. You don't have to be honest out loud, but you have to be honest in your own spirit. So this idea, this on the exterior, that we're all in this together, not exactly true all the time. But, you're, but it'll, it'll make it so you are willing to protect the people who don't do it well to advance the collective in hopes of advancing the collective. But it's the very same people who aren't doing well who, who make the anecdotal case a lot of times for you not being able to prosper in your profession because they are it's too easy to find an example of a person who sucks at your profession because you don't self-police. Law enforcement has the very same problem. Until law enforcement decides that they're just simply not going to put up with bad cops anymore, then they are going to have a public relation problem with a lot of communities until they, people can people can obviously see, obviously see that police department where they live doesn't put up with bad cops, doesn't put up with, with cops who do things that are outside of the terms of agreement, the terms of service that they signed up for. You understand what I'm saying? So teachers are going to have to be, and teachers unions are going to have to be a lot more self-policing. And I know that emotionally that is very, very tough. Very, very tough. Because you want to be on one team. You want to be, yay, we're all together. And, and you know there are people who are not pulling in, in your school, that not, are not in your department where you, where you work, who are not pulling their weight. You know that. You know there are people who are who are dipping out of your dipping out of their classroom every you know what every third period, asking you to asking you to watch both your classroom and their classroom, or watching or asking you to to um, during your conference period could you come in and um, sit with their kids for a little bit while they get you know get some stuff done and what they're getting done is some coffee and a cigarette somewhere right. Now I know. I went from preaching to meddling just just then, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm going to back away from that. All right, listen, we got to get out of here. We're, we've been on the day a lot longer than I had anticipated, but I want people to have their say. Um, and uh, we kind of went off topic, and I wanted to get back on topic, so I was just going simply going to take the time to do that. Um, if you've got any questions, if you've got any concerns, if, if you're thinking about this subject, send me an email, wls860 at gmail.com, wls860 at gmail.com. Uh, I'm going to talk to my friend Vinny Taparo. We've, you've had, heard current conversations I've had with Vinny Taparo about uh, ways to fund education going into the future that maybe property taxes and sales tax initiatives aren't the way that we should fund, be funding education going into the future. And maybe not the way we should, and the way that we're doing education now, especially public education, may not be the way forward. And if it's not the way forward, it's going to cause a lot more turbulence with teachers. Um, but, you know, once you break the turbulence, above, above the turbulence, when you break the sound barrier, smooth sailing, baby. 
until the next thing, until the next barrier you have to break. I think that's going to continue. All right, we got to here, making for somebody else. Until so, until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, take care of yourself. So, until we see you again, peace. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.